Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. Well, we are connecting the Lordship of Jesus Christ to life, and uh, to me, that is the good news of the gospel, that Jesus has a lot to say, not just in church, when we're worshiping him and learning from his word, but that the, the gospel is comprehensive, that impacts every single area of our lives. And Jesus Christ is Lord right now. He is seated at the Father's right hand. He is ruling and reigning, and the Bible says he is waiting until we, the church, uh, make all of his enemies his footstool. In other words, we have a place to play in the earth to bring Christ's lordship and his truth uh, to bear in every aspect of life. And and anyway, that's, that's an exciting theme for a podcast. It is an expansive, comprehensive theme. It's one that I know Pastor Andrew and I, when we, we could wake up and do a podcast every day for the rest of our lives, and there would always be something to talk about. Uh, because if it involves Jesus, uh, he's involved in everything. So anyway, you have a good week? Yeah, it was a good week. Busy week last week. You were busy because you were filling in for me last week. I was yeah. out, I was out of town and ministering up in Milwaukee, but uh, uh, the torch and the banner, keep we keep moving forward, and, and God showed up. I got to listen through the wonderful uh, podcast on our way home in the car, and, uh, and uh, what, what a great message. I really encourage folks to tune in, go to our our Living Stones Church um, website, and you can listen to our online uh, service there. Uh, but it was a great message. Yeah, Psalms fifty-one. Psalms fifty-one. Creating me and cling hard. Oh man. So yeah, and we're you know we're we're in a series right now in these podcasts, uh, following a, a great book as a kind of a jumping-off place. Uh, Dr. Henry Cloud's book, Integrity. Subtitle dealing with the uh, with the demands of facing reality, uh, and so he does an amazing job of broadening uh, integrity from the way we normally think of it, yeah. which is kind of like, hey, tell the truth, be honest, which is certainly a baseline yeah. foundation for integrity. But as we're talking about, and as he so eloquently pointed out, integrity is uh, the, which leads to a successful life is so much broader than that. Yeah, and that, what I appreciate about Dr. Heron Clowell, I mean, he's a he's a Christian, he's a believer, yeah. and he presents these principles, which are all biblical truths, but he presents it in a different way than you would normally hear from a church. He presents it in a kind of a functioning, he's, he's also real a psychologist, life. real life way, yeah. yes, yeah. and how it applies to our business, our family, our, our marriages, yeah. and I appreciate it, you yeah. know? Absolutely. Great illustrations, and we're going, of course, flesh them out in our own lives, and then yeah. in the realm of the church and what it means to be Christians living in society today. But if you didn't tune in to the last episode, we kicked off on the, uh, he's going to talk about six major components of what it means to, to live a life of integrity. And um, and talk about where we were last week just by way of, of summary. Yeah, the first characteristic he mentions is, is the character or the, the trait of building trust. Yeah. You know, how do you truly build trust with somebody? How do you step into their seat and hear them, empathize with them, and, yeah. and build favor and all those different things? So, in a lot of times, we talk about leadership. Well, spiritual leaders, leadership, especially spiritual leadership, is not tyrannical. Is not. Right. It's not uh, by force or right. through through a, through a manipulation. Um, is people following you because they trust you? Yeah. I mean, people follow Jesus because they trust Jesus, yeah. it's not because Jesus forced them or guilt them into yeah. it. You know, well, that's so good. And, and you know, we talk about so what does it mean to be successful in your marriage or in your family, or yeah. what's a successful church look like? You know, a successful church has engendered a high degree of trust because yeah. of the way we love people, we care for people, we listen to people, we get into and we get involved in their lives. Uh, and it's not like as you said, it's really servant leadership as yeah. Jesus taught us coming from. 
the, the bottom up and supporting people. And I love right. what we do here. We want to grow people and, and we want to multiply leaders. So when you're committed to growing people and helping people and serving right. people, that engenders a great amount of trust. You build great favor. When we when we invite people into uh, leadership, we invite people into service, we don't do it because of a task. We do it because we want to develop yeah. you. I mean, who yeah. doesn't want that? Yeah. You know, so so let's yeah. talk about the second one today on this podcast. And and that's the the quality of uh, or the skill of facing reality. <laughs> what does Townsend mean when he says uh, if you're going to be successful, you have to face reality? Yeah. And I think he has to make this distinction because when I first heard face reality, it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Because my, my mind has been wired into thinking this way. But he's making a distinction between like someone who doesn't tell lies versus somebody who boldly uh, faces his blind spot, boldly uh, explore for truth that he might not know. There's a big difference there. So yeah. you are so you could be somebody who's honest. If somebody yeah. asks you a question, you give them the right answer. Right. But all of your honesty uh, is limited if you're not aware of areas, like you said, where yeah. you have blind spots, where you have where you have behaviors that keep undermining your success, yeah. and whether it's in your marriage or your family or work. And, we, and, we, and here's the sad thing, and the, talk about facing reality. Yeah. We all have blind spots. Uh, the Bible says that the human heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Uh, your message on Sunday from Psalm 51 uh, was a great passage of Scripture where David has just committed a, a horrific sin uh, with Bathsheba. Yeah. Uh, uh, orders for her husband to be murdered. He ends up losing the baby. And here he is before God, basically a great man of God, a successful man of God. Yeah. And yet he had a major blind spot in his heart that was allowed to fester and uh, and lust and these types of things. And because he he did not face reality. In fact, it took the prophet Nathan <laughs> yeah. to come to him and right. say, you're the man. Right. I mean, that's a, that is a reality check right there. I mean, someone has to come to you and say, you have a massive blind spot here, massive hypocrisy. Right. And David could have been honest on a thousand other areas. Yeah. But because of that one area, right. it's severely, you know, uh, hampered his leadership and, and led to tragic results in the lives of real people. I thought even with how Nathan approached David, he approached him with, with a story. He didn't, he wasn't just like, hey, you messed up. Right. Nathan has exercised some wisdom. He told him this, this, yeah. this story about the rich man. It was a setup. She, yeah, it was a setup. <laughs> but but from the perspective of that story, David heard he was so outraged at yeah. that, that how So look at that. This is a great yeah. example. Yep. David was outraged because he understood justice and he, right. and he right. understood truth. And he and in the scenario that was given, isn't this scary? I mean, he was out outraged at the injustice of the story, and yet he experienced zero right. personal outrage over his own wicked yeah. behavior. That's crazy. Which right? shows you, how, like, he was living in two parallel universes. Um, and it took a story to reveal that you're the, you know, in fact, Nathan's right. words, you're the man. Yeah. Um, which, which again, we, we should all, you know, as we're approaching facing reality, we should all realize that unless we've got some really good people in our lives to tell us the truth, and unless we're spending time, you know, the Bible in James, uh, he says that the, the word of God is like a mirror. So when you read the word of God, it reads you. That's why we need to be in the scriptures every day. We have blind spots. We need the Holy Spirit to show us who we are and to help us face our weaknesses and our insecurities. And I need you and you need me and we need each other. Uh, and so that's why I think one of the devil's 
major strategies in keeping us from facing reality is we he pushes us into isolation. And you never want to be in, a, in an isolated place, cut off from God, cut off from people who know you and love you, cut off from the body of Christ. Because that's where you can really live in, in the la-la land of, uh, of self-deception. You're completely out of touch with reality. So let's talk a little bit. But he gives a famous story of the dog food company. <laughs> talk yeah. to us about that because that really highlights like a major blind spot in the, in the business world. In the business world, in our personal lives. I mean, when I first heard that story, I felt so convicted. <laughs> you know, I'm not a CEO of a dog food company, but <clears throat> I got my own share of blind spots. But <laughs> yeah. basically the story is, the CEO of a dolphin company keeps thinking the reason their company isn't grown because the marketing's not good. So right. he keeps putting money into the marketing, and more he, money. And he marketing. fires the existing company, yeah. or the branch, and hires new people. And- yeah, new new budget, more money, more strategy, whatever. And what is still not growing after a couple iterations of this. Eventually, one like vice president, or one you know, bureaucrat, basically like raises hand tentatively, say, "Hey." I just don't think the dogs like our food that much. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's the blind spot. You got a dog food company. You're firing everybody and bringing on the best of the best to, yeah. to try to get the word out and, and hire the best salespeople and everything else. And at the end of the day, you got this massive blind spot because you finally realize mm-hmm. that the reason your company's hit a plateau is because the dogs don't like the dog food. Right. Um, and uh, you're not going to sell a lot of dog food if the if the, the the very target audience, the dogs, uh, think your food is terrible. Yeah, so, and, and on the other hand, if you have a terrible dog food, more marketing simply expose you for having bad <laughs> dog food. So that's why facing reality is so important because you don't even know what problem to solve. Oh, I think about this in the church. You know, yeah. sometimes we're, we're thinking, man, the reason we're not growing is because. You know, we need a we need more money. We need better people. We need you know fancier lights. We need a fog machine. We need, who knows what? Uh, but the but the problem is always outside of us. Yeah. When really sometimes it's like maybe the problem is me. Maybe the problem is our uh, our uh, the lack of a sense of the presence of God in our congregation. Maybe maybe we need to get better at loving people. Maybe maybe we need to learn and face reality better than we are. Absolutely. We we tend to when things aren't going well, we have this nasty problem of thinking that the solution or the problem is outside of us. When yeah. many times it's one of our blind spots. Absolutely, and and that's why you know taking responsibility. I also share on Sundays taking responsibility is so important for us to look ourselves first. But there is some very practical example of blind spots. I mean, you don't have to be a corporate CEO to be like, hey, I got some major blind <laughs> like spots. Like we all you know? have. I mean, practical. You know, I thought of in my own life immediate thing. I mean, just real practical without getting real deep. Like, you know, right. I mentioned this several times on Sundays, just my teeth. You know, I have, I have, when I was younger, I had tr- horrific experience with the dentist. Yeah. So whenever my teeth hurts, the last thing I want to do is go get a checkup, which the the best thing I should do is go get a checkup so before when you, it gets when worse. So when you think word association, yeah. dentist, uh, you, think, you think of like being stretched out on the rack and going I in a torture about, chamber. Yeah, <laughs> I think about tor- torture, you know. And what happens is because I don't go see a dentist, it actually does become torture. I need a root canal or whatever it is, so you know. the reality is you need to take care of your teeth. Yep. You need to go see a dentist on a you know semi-annual basis. Health checkup. Yeah, stuff checkups. Like that. People do this too. People they end up having that. a massive heart attack because they don't like going to doctors and they yep. kept pushing it off. And then what could have been fixed right. now becomes this massive, uh, you know, either financial burden or death. Yeah, you know, or in terms of a major, heart attack. Major. You could have, if you call it early, you could have solved it quickly. But because you refuse to go even face what reality looks like. So yeah. 
the fact is we just don't like to look at the reality if it's unpleasant, yeah. if it means change, if it means, uh, you know, when you when you look at something that's falling apart and everything is broken and it's a mess around mm-hmm. you, sometimes it's just overwhelming yeah. to think about what's involved in fixing it. I, I know people act that way with their marriages. You know, it's like, ah, yeah. oh, can my marriage ever be fixed? Well, yeah, but the, the first step is realizing you got to face reality. Like, yeah. you know, you ask people, say it's you and Debbie, you come in for marital counseling. And many times you'll ask, hey, how's your marriage going? And, and one of the parties mm-hmm. will say, oh, it's great, it's yeah. great. And then the other party goes, what are you talking what about? What world are you living it's in? It's terrible. Yeah. Um, but that yeah. just shows you how, how we don't like to face the reality of the situation because because yeah. of what it, what's involved in our marriages, our relationship with our kids. A lot of times, it's yeah. like your kids come home, they don't even talk to you, and you, and, they, and they're they're living distance. You're living there's distance between you guys, but you're just like everything's fine. But you know in your heart there's mess in there, but you don't even know where to start, so you just kind of bear it. Yeah. And then next thing they're you know they're 18 years old, and you have no relationship. Yeah. I've seen that happen, you know. Yeah. Because and then it's the pain of that is it's even much more profound. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, he gives a good example in the book, and I, I've seen this before. For instance, in marriage, he talks about a man who was uh, unwilling to face the, the the financial mismanagement in his mm-hmm. own home. You know, he's getting um, uh, threats for repossession and creditors calling, and his wife's like, "Honey, you know, what's this bill? What's this bill?" And he keeps saying, "It's nothing. I already took care of that." And so basically. Yeah. He's, he's failing personally to face that reality that the finances are out of whack. And so he keeps telling his wife, it's okay, it's okay, I've got it covered. But then when, when it finally hits the fan, she realizes that, yeah. she, that she, she's been lied to and been led along this whole time. And so here's the, here's the sad reality. The pain of facing the fact that your finances are out of order is nothing compared to the pain of realizing you cannot trust your spouse because they're out of touch with reality and they're untrustworthy. Yeah. They have no integrity because they've been leading you along and lying to you about uh, about the problem, either either intentionally or because they're living in a fake world because right. they're not facing reality. Absolutely. And and that is a, you know, trust is the foundation, as we talked about last week, of, of any great relationship. Yeah. And when you don't have trust because someone's not in touch with reality, right. um, you have nothing to build on. Yeah, and, and I think finance is something I've seen in my life. Is finance is, is absolutely one of these areas. Yeah. People keep spending. They don't even want to know how much is on their credit card. Mm-hmm. They don't want to know, know how much debt they owe. They just want to keep making the minimal payments and just kind of keep it a blind spot yeah. until one day it snowballs. You know, it takes courage to face you face your finance. I've seen people who I've you know considered very mature in the faith and very successful, but their finances are a complete mess because this is an emotional issue. Yeah. We compartmentalize. We all got areas we compartmentalize and we say we yeah. don't want to touch. And finance yeah. is a huge area I've seen in many people's lives. You know, and, and Dr. Cloud says something that's that's really kind of the uh, hallmark th- word or phrase in his book. Uh, he says, "Reality is always your friend." Talk about that. Well, what does he mean by that? Reality is your friend. I mean, if you want to live a life of integrity and you and you want to uh, be successful in what God's called you to be, how, yeah. how why? What does he mean? Reality is your friend. In other words, how, it doesn't matter how good or how bad things are. If you don't even know it, if you don't face it, you cannot grow and you cannot change it. It doesn't matter how bad your finances are. Okay, your first step to fixing it is to face it and to realize how bad it is. So it's yeah. like see it for what it is, own it, own it, yeah. and then be willing to now begin to do something to change it. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't see it, own it, face reality, your mess will continue to be there. You'll continue to hit hit the lid. A lot of people hit a lid in their lives yeah. because they finally reach that place where they're living in denial. 
And uh, and then once you're, you know, it's kind of that whole responsibility thing. Once you take responsibility and you look for for where things really are, then you can you have hope because yeah. now you can begin to to make some concrete steps to bring about change and transformation. Well, on the flip side, the hallmark of a great organization is that they brutally face reality. And and I read a book called Good to Great. They talks. Uh, one of the examples, one of the characteristics of all the great companies is that it doesn't matter how bad the economy is or the personnel is, they brutally face reality because they realize they can't make wise decisions unless they truly experience reality. Mm-hmm. And and I think the hallmark for me of a, of a mature, effective, high-capacity leader is someone who will face the brutal, rea- brutal reality about their own lives. Now, I'll tell you one thing that makes someone difficult to lead is someone who is disillusioned, uh, who, not disillusioned, who has a... Um, who uh, how do you say they can't they they have a uh, they distorted. can't distorted version of themselves. Yeah, um, they can't see themselves clearly. They might think they're great, talented, so and so. You're just like I don't know how you see that, you right. know. Right. Or they think they're terrible or something, but they're really good at something, you know. Um, lack and of awareness. We, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, lack of self awareness. Yeah. We we all have at different times in our maturity probably thought we were really good at something when in reality uh we were at best average yeah you know when you're around somebody that's really good at a certain skill set like i always look at administrators you know a top-notch administrator is a person that's able to take chaos and and bring order and be able to really produce and get things done yeah and i think we all have to manage our lives in some degree being an administrator right um but when you're around someone that that's there's really their strength that you realize ah i'm probably not a good administrator yeah. and that's healthy because you that's know awareness what we're yeah. finding out it, it, you know it used to be it, the, the, the uh, leadership mantra was find your weak spot and improve it work real hard at what you're not good at and improve it now that's been completely flipped on its head and what what they're saying now is find out who you are discover what your skill set really is yeah. Don't focus on your weaknesses. Have other people come along and help you in your weak areas. You know, that's why I always laugh at how you and everybody else on our team makes me look so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think as you mature, you realize, you know, I have a certain set of, of skills that, are, that somebody else might not have. You have a certain set of skills. And I love the illustration he brings out. It, you know, we're all on the bus going the same direction. We need to make sure we have the right team on the right bus, going the same way, in the right seats. The right seats so, for instance, like like in pastoring, some people say, "I, you know, I feel the call to pastor," um, and some people are maybe called to be the point person, the senior leader. Mm-hmm. Some people are called to be the number two seat. They're called to assist and to be a part of a team. Mm-hmm. If you don't know where you are, like in ministry and what you're really called to do, you can uh, be promoted into a position that actually leads to your demise instead of recognizing, now this is where I fit best uh, and this is where I complement best. And so knowing who you are, having self-awareness is huge because then you don't beat yourself up for not being somebody that God never created you to be, but you also don't go out and make stupid mistakes thinking you're someone that you're not. Yeah, and and we're going to touch on this on the next podcast, which we talk about self-awareness. But, you know, I used to, I'm realizing self-awareness really is a character trait that you we have to develop and work walk, work on. In fact, it's probably one of the most, if you aspire for greater leadership, it's probably one of the most important traits you got to develop. Yeah. Not just self-awareness in terms of like, um, your ability and strength, but self-awareness in terms of your relationships. Because yeah. I see people say, oh, I have a great relationship and so and so. And then from the other person's perspective, it's like totally not the case. Yeah. 
too. It's just like, whoa, there's a disconnect somewhere. How do we how do we bridge that? And yeah. being a leader, you need to be you need to face reality. You need to ask questions, you know. Something right. Yeah, I like what he said you're talking about. Yeah. You know, a good leader, a person with high integrity doesn't just sit and sit back and wait for someone to pop their bubble. They, in other words, they they want and they want to face reality. They go after it. They want to search it out. So, in other words, yeah. I, I would come to you as one of my you know colleagues in ministry and a dear friend and brother, someone I trust and I know loves me, and I would say, hey, Andrew, please tell me what it's like, for instance, to work with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are, what am I doing well? What do you need from me? What do I what am I not doing well? Help yeah. me out. What what am I not seeing in this situation? Yeah. In other words, I. I'm pursuing that because I'm secure enough. I'm not threatened by you, and I I don't have the false belief that, you know, I'm Jesus and I'm perfect in every way. Right. I realize I'm limited, and though and and here's the deal: if if I understand that I'm limited and I have blind spots, wouldn't I want to know that? Because if my goal in life is to really be all that Christ has called me to be and to be successful on right. His terms and make the biggest impact I could make for the kingdom, if I know I've got blind spots that are going to keep me from that. Right. I would want to make sure I find those uh, those hidden minds as quickly as possible. Right. So I would say, hey, please give me feedback. And I know you want the same from me. That's healthy because, uh, again, it exposes where we need to change. It helps right. us see reality. Right. And and that, to do that, requires integrity because that's not easy. There's no, many people good. who, you know, Pastor, I'm sure for you to come to us and say, hey, I, I want to help. I want to grow. Okay. So, but when... When we give them feedback or give them action steps, they don't do it, or they don't accept the feedback, or they get yeah. defensive. In which I'm just like, okay, you there's a degree of aspiration to grow, but there's not the full integrity to say I want to face reality head on. And know? those people that are that you know the Bible talks about people that have itching ears, they mm-hmm. they they are continually learning, but never applying. Yeah, they love to pursue ideas. But those ideas never find expression in their in their character. Yeah, and you know, my dad used to do something as a tool in marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he talked about cherishing your wife and how your wife or your spouse should feel like if you ask them, "Where do you fit on my priorities?" and you were to make a list of mm-hmm. of you know, if I ask my wife Mary and I, I say, "Honey." I want you to write out from your perspective what my top 10 priorities are mm-hmm. as you experience my leadership. Yeah. Uh, if she was not number one on that list, if she doesn't feel she is the top position of priority in my life, she might feel like she's number two or like she's number 10, or in some cases, she doesn't even make the list. Yeah. That would be important for me as her husband to know that she, she feels that, like right. she feels like she's worthless. She feels no value. She feels like she doesn't even make the top, you know, five on my list of <laughs> right. important priorities. Right. If I care about the health of my relationship, I would want to know that. Yeah. But many men are insecure. They don't really want to hear from their wives. They don't want to hear how they're doing because what he says is they lack integrity in that area. That They lack wholeness. And so they'll go through life with the blinders on. Well, honey, I do this. Honey, I bring home the... The bacon, you know, uh, they'll focus on on the things they are doing well, but that's not the issue. It's right. what they're not doing well. Right. And people with integrity pursue. They want that knowledge. They want to know, how can I be better? Give me feedback. Uh, right. Give me an accurate picture of my leadership. Yeah, and that's so good because and, and for husbands and wives out there, if your spouse, how your spouse feels about you should be a reality you care about. doesn't yeah, matter like that, what you— That matters. Yeah, because I hear guys like, well, I don't know why she feels that way. I'm this way. 
Well, if they're, if, if she's your wife, her feeling should be a legitimate reality you should face. I'm not saying it's the ultimate reality, but it's one reality you should boldly face because how they feel matters, how, yeah. you, how your spouse feels. So, so again, that's a great yeah. example. Because we put, dismiss that all the time. That's yeah. like you going to the dentist or not wanting to go to the dentist. You know, many times in our marriages, yeah. we, we don't want to face the unpleasant realities. Or like you said, we just dismiss it like somehow my wife's opinion of me doesn't matter. It's like, yeah. no, that's the one opinion that does matter yeah. more than any other opinion. Does matter. And, and so we've got we've to right. face the reality again. And, and you know, I, I took that out of my sermon on Sunday because it was going too long, but in Proverbs, it teaches about that. He says, if you correct the why, you correct the mocker or the fool, yeah. okay, they will hate you. Okay, so you tell, tell someone, give someone the last 10%, you tell them, hey, you know what, this area of your life really needs to be improved. That's why you're not growing. That's why you're struggling in your marriage because this area. Or, or hey, how, how many times have we talked about the same issue in the last year and right. it's still the same? Yeah. Which means you're not doing any, you're not taking it seriously. You're not doing anything to, to remedy the situation. And then they get offended by They it. get offended, they'll hate you. But the wise, when you're correct, the wise, they'll love you. And the wise gets wiser. This is where the parable of talent kicks in because you've been given five talents. What do you do with that? Yeah. The wise gets wiser because they receive. They're like, thank you for that reality you've given me. I want to apply it. I want to use it. So, so Proverbs tells us like we have a choice when we're faced with reality, whether it's from a person or a circumstance or the Lord sent you a prophet to say, hey, I'm going to call you out. Yeah. We have a choice to make in the middle of that. Do you want to be a mocker? And, and yeah. or do you want to be a, a wise and get so, wiser? So here we see that another component of integrity is not just telling the truth, but being humble enough to receive the truth, humble yeah. enough to say thank you for the, you know, I, 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 again, I look back at, at people in my life who have loved me enough to tell me the truth. And many times the initial responses were mad. Like, I can't believe he, that's his perspective. Yeah. But a wise person will say, you know what? I value that perspective. Yeah. And maybe there is some truth there. Maybe there's something I can learn right. from, from the situation. Right. And this is, you know, as we're discipling people, I just want to say this, you know, one of the qualities that we look for is humility and, and teachability. Because if a man or woman can't handle honest, honest input from people who love them and care for their souls, uh, there's not going to be much hope for personal growth. There's and, and there's certainly not going to be much hope for Christ likeness and for maximum impact if you cannot humbly receive input from other people. Yeah, someone told me growth is actually a very simple process. I mean, it's not, but it's uh, it is basically the formula. The formula is yeah. The formula is basically you receive feedback, and then out of the feedback, you do something with it. So if you just reject feedback, good luck with growing. You know, but but the truth is because of hurts and you know wounds from the past, emotional yeah. unprocessed emotions and our yeah. thought patterns, and 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 this ties back to uh, the first uh, uh, characteristic we talked about last week is building trust. If you have not built trust with people, or there's no one you trust, then you haven't built a network of, of feedback that you can receive. Or or I as a leader, if I haven't built trust with people, then yeah. of course they wouldn't receive my feedback. Yeah. You know, so it all ties together for us to truly grow, you know. So you talked about hurts, prides, uh, unprocessed emotions, presumptions, uh, and just the emotional reality, the emotional investment that's, that's going to take to face reality. I really reality. want this person to make it. I really want this person to be the right person for the job. I really want to believe that I got enough money to buy this thing I really, I've been saving for a long time. 
You know, you put all these emotional investment in it and we create our own blind spot. I mean, I have absolutely been guilty of that. Yeah. More and more I realize I've been guilty of that. Yeah. So, and I found, you know, I, I'm somebody by nature, I want to believe in people. You know, if somebody comes to our church and says, oh man, the last church I was at was a train wreck and, yeah. and uh, man, you know, this happened or that happened, my heart goes out to them. I want this experience at, at Living Stones to be so good. And yeah. I just trust that their, that their view of reality is accurate. But what I've learned over time is if somebody's not experiencing success in their lives, it's because there's something they're not doing correctly. If 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 your life has been marked by disappointment, 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 yeah. and everybody out there uh, it's, always their, their fault. it's always their fault. And it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, we've had people come to our starting point classes and say, yeah. you know, well, the other 35 churches that I was visiting, right. they all are doing it wrong. Well, guess what? We're going to be church 36, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> because in their in their uh, world, they have a problem facing the reality that maybe they also had something to play in the 35 other disappointments right. that have happened beforehand. Because yeah, there's two sides to every story, and that's what we're learning yeah. as we pastor yeah. people to realize if, if, again, the last five encounters is always something really weird, really someone go out of the way to really harm you after a while. It's like, what's going on with that true reality? Exactly. You know? that's, but that's why we need multiple eyes. Yeah. We need teams of people to co help cover each other's blind spots because yeah. we all have them. But we also learn just to hear from people who actually who who have the characters of taking characteristic of taking responsibility. So instead of being a victim mentality, they take responsibility. They say, yeah. "Hey, this didn't work out because I did this and this, and yeah. I own." And those are also characteristic to tell me, "Hey, you know what? They're way. This is a person who's willing to face reality because yeah. they face responsibility to say, I had a part in this. Yeah, I made a mistake.'" And, and, and I don't know if you find this to be true. I know this is true in my own heart. When when somebody has um, that kind of awareness and they're humble. And, and they're just like, you know what? I own this. This was my bad. I, help me, help me grow in this area, yeah. man. Don't you want to do everything in your power to help that person? There's just something that, like, when you have that type of a spirit, um, that humility, that one, help me see, because I really genuinely want to repent and I want to change. Yeah. Man, there's an attractional. Uh, pull yeah. to want to help that person. And yet the other side is this, you know, and I learned this from my father. Pastor, my wife and I, we need a we need a personal, you know, personal meeting. Okay, well we we'll give personal meetings. We we have no problem with that. Um but then you say, look, here's what you need to do. Show up at marriage class for the next year and make a commitment to your marriage. And then you look at that next Sunday. Um hey, where are you guys? Uh, oh, you're not here. And then they call you again. Pastor, we need to have an appointment. Mm. No, you're not going to get an appointment because you can't even do the simple thing we asked you to do and and put yourself in the pathway of some answers and some healing. Yeah. In other words, take accountability for your ability to follow through and how hungry you really are for change. And are you listening and are you processing and are you embracing and are you doing the things that people who who love you and care about you are asking you to do for the sake of your growth and your marriage. You know, so these are just good integrity. Because what we're saying is that's a lack of integrity on your part. You're not facing the reality and you're not willing to do what's necessary to change the situation. No, that's that's good. Now, uh, one, last thing, and maybe yeah. we can wrap up here, yeah. is the whole issue of flexibility. You know, yeah. people who face reality um, realize, okay, I'm going to own it. Everything is not going to always be, uh, you know, roses in life. Uh, I'm going to face challenges. I'm going to face obstacles. I'm going to fall flat on my face. I'm going to fail. Mm -hmm. But 
people that are successful in life have a certain flexibility about right. how they view things. Talk, talk yeah. about and, that. And we're not talking about compromise here. We're not talking right. about compromising with the integrity of the Word of God or our, our own right. values. And what we're talking about in terms of flexibility is that they see the world as it is and not as they want it to be. Okay, that, that's just part. They see the world as it is. Not as they, their kind of their fairy yeah. tale perfect world in their mind, because yeah. because there's going to be a difference between those two. Sometimes a and, massive difference. And, and I want to clarify here, like I'm, I have a very strong personality. So do you? Yeah. Strong personality, strong will. People tends to see the world as they want to be, especially right. charismatic, idealistic, and that's part of what makes God, whom God made us this way. Right. We're very value driven. Right. This should not be <laughs> should, the way. Yeah. yeah. yeah we can. So we, but we have to be very careful to say if the reality is not that, to not just like, well, it is that, to say, no, how can we grow away? How can we change right. it? How can we be flexible to see it as it is? Right. You know? So some people, for instance, this should work or this investment should work or yeah. we've invested a million dollars in our corporation right. on this division right. and it should work, but it's not working. Right. And that's not the, maybe the trend that the culture is right. taking. So at some point you have to pull the plug on some things yeah. and you have to cut your losses. Right. You know, in ministry, um, you know, there are times when we've gone through great seasons and times when we've gone through low seasons. If you can't process the low season and and learn from it and grow from it and let it go. Yeah. You know, some people have a hard time letting go. Um, but you have to let go and you got sometimes to cut your losses and say, you know what? I'll, I'm going to learn from this and I'm going to be better because of it. Right. Or people make rash decisions. You know, like I, I think of some of the stuff that's going on with uh, the masking and things like this, you know, or people that are you know, at mandatory masking. Well, I'm just going to quit or I'm just going to do this. Or they, they react instead of going, okay, what's going on in this situation? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? In other words, make yeah. a mature process, you know, and we'll get into that a little bit more in our next podcast, but yeah. don't be reactionary. Yeah. Um, learn to be flexible. Learn to look at, at life as it is. And then realistically look at what you can do to change it. You know, some people, they can't go to sleep at night. They're overwhelmed because this is happening in this country and the president's doing this and the Congress isn't doing this. And some of those things, it's like, I have no control directly right. over some of these issues. So I cannot let them torment me. I need to look at reality. This is the reality. Right. This is where we're at. And then what can I do in my in my world of authority, right? Right. To begin making a change. Yeah, no, that's good. It's hard. I mean, I because because yeah. I'm with you, man. <laughs> Leaders go, that's not the way it should be. Or you deal with injustice, yeah. right? That is not right. right. That is wrong. You get so overwhelmed by what is not versus saying, hey, okay, I mean, face reality. What can we do? What is what steps? And then, but but we still have the advantage. Us as being believers have the ultimate advantage to know that ultimate reality is God still in control. Yeah. I'm not saying that should lead to passivity or leads to us right. not doing, but it gives us peace and hope at the end of the day. Right. But we can't bring about the change and the transformation that God's right. asking us to be a part of until we have an accurate picture, picture. of yeah, reality. Absolutely. And uh, so don't run from the way things are. If your life looks like a bomb just went off right, right now, I think what Pastor Andrew's saying is don't fall into despair and yeah. feel like you got to throw in the towel. That's not the message. It's, you know what, look at your life with eyes wide open right. and realize that no matter where you're at, uh, number one, you've got friends in your life. Number two, you've got Jesus in your life. you got the church in your life. You've yeah. got you got people that care. You're never alone. Right. 
And if you don't like the way the nation is going, face reality. Do something about yeah, it. Let's change it. Run for a school board. Run for a, a yeah. local government. You know, write some emails to some elected officials. Face reality. Don't just don't yeah. just like pretend it's going to be one way. Do something about yeah. it. So. So again, if, if we know by nature, we tend to deny reality. If we know by nature, we tend to have blind spots. Right. And this is who we are as fallen human beings. It's imperative that you have a relationship with Jesus. That's first of all. And if, you, if you're watching this, listening to this, you'll never know yourself. You'll never have true self-awareness until you know the one who created you. Uh, and that is God Almighty. And we, ha we have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. So there might be some of you that even watching this, the first thing we would say is you'll never experience full integrity, wholeness until you allow Jesus to heal you and bring you into a place uh, of fuller restoration so you can be who God's called you to be. But secondly, and this is important, you need a church family. You need people who know you, who love you, who love you in spite of your weaknesses and who care enough about you to give you what we call here the final 10%, people who will say, hey, pastor, you're awesome. I love you. I appreciate this about you. You know, but, but but here's an area where you might want to be aware of how you're coming across or, or where I think you could have been more effective if, if we would have done this a little bit differently. So have people around you. And I'm grateful for Pastor Andrew and for so many folks in my life, uh, my wife, others who will, who will lovingly, gently <laughs> tell me the truth about myself. Uh, so don't try to go through life by your by yourself and alone because you will hit a lid. You will hit a lid all the time that will keep you from uh, from moving in the full blessing of God. Uh, be teachable, be humble, be flexible, uh, and face reality because with Christ, uh, everything can change. And it doesn't necessarily take a long time. He can turn things around uh, relatively quickly. So any last hurrah or volley from you on uh, facing yeah, reality? I, I, if you could, if there's one characteristic you want to grow in is to is to go and ask for feedback, whether it's your organization, your church, um, your individual, ask for feedback. When I did did a little study group with, with a bunch of young young guys, their first assignment is to go to, I told them to go to the three people closest to you and ask them what's your biggest weakness. Yes, and my son was in yeah, that group, and yeah. he came to me and yeah. he said, Dad, I'm your son. Can you be honest with me and tell me? some areas that you feel like I need to change. And first of all, well, how refreshing was that? Number one, to have my my own son who, he, he knows I love him. Yeah. And, and I, I know, and also I know him probably better than anybody because yeah. I've watched him grow up in my own Many house. ways better than he knows himself maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. what a great assignment. And I would encourage, you know, let's apply this to your marriage, you know. Sit down with I did it to myself. You I did? Ask, I had to ask my wife. Come on. I asked him to you, that's you too, remember? Yeah, so. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but and, listen. And, you know, and I've been prompted as a result of, you know, this experience too. I need to ask you and some people I work most closely with, hey, what's it like being on the other end of my leadership? Yeah. That was a great question. And that's man. a great question. What does it look like on the other side of me? Yeah. 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 So, so, hey, find some people this week you can, you can uh, get some feedback from. And the goal being, again, we want to move in integrity and wholeness and we want to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. So to that end, uh, put this to practice. We'd love to hear some comments and feedback from you. And you want to give a teaser for next week? Hey, come on. We're going to hit up... Uh, 
another characteristic that's huge is how do you get results? Because you can work all day long right. and not get results. How do you Working have hard does not necessarily no, yeah. translate into good great results. results. So, so get results. So tune in. Help us spread the word. And we appreciate if you share this podcast. And as always, uh, we pray that Christ would be Lord in your life and you experience the full blessing of what it means to live in his kingdom. So have a great week. We'll look forward to connecting with you next Thursday.